Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. The purpose of this show, like all our other shows, is to have fun talking about small business, business stuff in general, covering the spectrum. We don't care really what it's involved as long as it touches on business. We uh, basically are business coaches, we being myself, which is Jack Mancini, and my partner for 15 years coaching, uh, Adam Sunhalter. And what we're going to do is along the way today when we talk small business, we're going to give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business, whether you're just starting out or you're established. And honestly, we can help you. There's very little we haven't seen with the small business world. We've established a process that basically uh, will take a small business into a success mode that they never believed they could get to. And we define success as growing sustainable profits. What do you think, Adam? Those sound like good things, Jack. Growing and sustainable. Oh, yeah, and profit. That's a a big part of business that people like, although it's been vilified in many places these days, which you got to watch out for, right? So we like to be able to help our clients. We talk about small business. Our focus is primarily companies with anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. And so if you have those folks, um, yeah, there are – Arguably 25 million of them here in the country, here here in the U.S. They're all over the place. So chances are most of you listening are either owners of those companies or folks who work for those companies, or you've worked for those at some point. And it's got a different feel to it, a different way of approaching versus corporate America. And the purpose of the show of 30 Secrets of Small Business is to share a lot of those ideas, a lot of those stories that we've had from personally owning and operating uh, nearly two dozen companies ourselves and coaching and helping out hundreds more. So we have had fun doing this show. We've been doing it now for almost a year and a half and having a good time doing it and sharing stories. And we like to focus on how questions because the how questions are what people tend to have day in and day out running their companies. And we help them get unstuck from those what we call a state of how. Unstuck, like a big tar pit, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Or the unstuckables, the unstuckers, lots of different things we'll start to make up words for. But it's really helping people through whatever it's going to be and very often can be very tough, very emotional things, which we've discussed in the past shows and we'll discuss here on future shows as well. But they're, they're key things. And one of the fun parts of our show is we like to invite you, the, the, the audience, to be part of the show as well. If you have your own how questions, stories, things you'd like to share, if you have things that you'd like to respond to that Jack and I are talking about in terms of stories that, that, that we're sharing or experiences or successes or maybe sometimes failures of our clients, um, we're live on the air here in the studios every Wednesday. From 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. If you're a Twitter head, you can tweet us at at MaximumVP. You can reach us via email, radio at MaximumVP.com. And online, if you go to our website, MaximumVP.com, forward slash how h-o-w nice little form will pop up there for you to submit your how question or comment and it'll get to us and be happy to kind of address that on the air as well but uh, you're always welcome to be part of the show and make it more interesting for us as well to kind of answer some of your questions too very good very good so what should we talk about tonight adam we've got a wide open field you know what's bugging me again is this political world we live in here 
So I got a question, a how question. How come politicians always say they're going to create jobs? Why do they say that? What in the world do they generally, I'm speaking generally, some of them do, but what do they generally know about doing that? What do they know about creating jobs? What kind of jobs would there be? Do they know? And it always seems to start with construction. Like construction's the only industry in the in the country that uh, basically goes to work with with uh, the politicians. But what kind of jobs do they create? You got any idea? They create. Well, do uh, they create tax uh, collecting jobs like the IRS, Jack? Does that count as creating a job? No, that's not a job. That's just redistributing money, taking it from the left pocket and putting it into the right pocket, with a little bit of. Uh, uh, Missing missing funds going between those two pockets somewhere. Mm. But they they besides construction jobs, you know what what kind of jobs do, do they create? Really, you never really hear of all these jobs. I'll, I'll call it more bureaucratic, and they aren't value creating jobs. Typically, oh, they're, they're they're gonna do training programs for what? They're gonna train you how to be a bartender. Gonna train you how to be what? Um, Run financial services. What 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 kind of jobs can the government create for us? I don't think the politicians are creating anything. It's your, that was your original question: is how the politicians are doing it? Well, they're saying, as many politicians will, they'll say what they think people want to hear. Mm-hmm. So why do people want to hear that? Or do, why do they think people want to hear that? I think that's, that's more my question. Yeah, that's not what I want to hear from a politician. Because right jobs. now, so many people in so many parts of the country are basically unemployed, pushed out of business, because the economy's been transitioning for quite a few decades now. So what kind of jobs, what kind of jobs basically should be the jobs that are going to be part of the future? Well, why is it the government's job to do that? It isn't. Or the politician's but, but job God, to do they've, it. They've taken hold of it, and they tax us, and then they say that money is going to be redistributed this way to do this. But let me ask you a question here. What would the world look like without work? What if we had a solution, Adam? What if we had a solution where we didn't have to work? And quite frankly, with technology sweeping the way it is, all the jobs that we know basically are under fire, and many of them are just not going to come back and survive. I mean, just look at, uh, you know, we're in Cleveland, Ohio here. Look at how... The economy has been decimated with manufacturing jobs. They aren't there like they used to be, and they never will be. They'll never come back again. A robot can do 10 of those. And and why in the world would you hire people to do that and pay the benefits and go through the aggravation that you have to go through? So a world without jobs, without work, is kind of coming. It's knocking on the door. It's been doing that for a while. What do you so, think? So people aren't going to work ever again? Yeah, you have, you have pockets of that today. You've got oil-rich countries like Saudi Arabia where I think every citizen gets $100,000, give or take, each year. $100,000 basically takes care of all their their basic needs, then you know, plus some. So you've got generations of folks who have never worked before. I know you, you mentioned before about the subsidies that exist in, in uh, Alaska. The Alaska Oil Royalty Fund, where every year all the residents of Alaska get a check. It used to be a much bigger check, and I mean, I think into the five figures. Uh, their population isn't as big as many states here, but the point being, 
you know, if these countries can do it with oil, why can't we? And this, the, the futurist, uh, I can't remember his name with Google, but he's talking about basically the data that companies like Google and Facebook use. They capture that raw material, raw material being your personal data. They capture it and they use it and they make trillions and, and there's no end in sight. So they take our data, manipulate it through algorithms and, and tremendous technology, and that's the feeder stock for their raw material, and they get it absolutely free. So he's suggesting that basically, like the oil reserves up in Alaska, we take that data and we get paid for it. A big fund is created, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but probably by the government, that would <clears throat> basically, these companies, when they buy our data, or when they use our data, they'd have to pay for it, and that, that payment would go into a fund which ultimately would be redistributed to, to uh, all of us, all of us citizens of the country. That would be pretty cool. That, that, quite frankly, seems to be a, one solution that makes great sense when, when we look at all the displaced workers that technology has, has really wrought here. So we would take a... Our current culture seems to become more and more consumer-based. And when I say consumer-based, I'm thinking about consuming everything from food to media and social media, and you know we're we're, we're constantly attached to our devices, our eye this and eye that, and, and and droids and computers and and high definition TVs and everything else. It's constant, constant coming at you, constant consumption of stuff so if i have less work to do i got more time to consume i was trying to picture the circle jack i got more time to consume stuff which is more data being pushed out there to gather stuff and it's almost like this big ball that keeps growing about my <coughs> consumption habits and things that i'm doing because if i'm not working much anymore or i'm working less am i is my data that much more interesting because i'm consuming more stuff they can sell me more stuff is that what we're That's trying to a do? good question. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Since we're talking future, we don't have answers. We just have a lot of speculation. But one thing we do as business coaches, we know that work isn't going to go away for a while. Uh, maybe it never will. There will always be people working on something. But in our robotic world here, many of the jobs that we probably never thought would go away are going away. And it's just not the, the hazardous duty jobs and the, and the labor-intensive jobs with artificial intelligence, uh, jobs that, that basically uh, we thought only humans could do. Computers can do it, and they can do it better. But what we like to focus on, because we know there are jobs that are going to be, be uh, created, and they should be created by the free market system, not the government, and they should be jobs that... that are responding to the free market system. So we like to say briefly, like if Main Street USA, and that I've mentioned before, <coughs> excuse me, uh, 25 million small businesses in this country, uh, many of those, probably 80% are made up by the companies and businesses on Main Street USA, bakeries, shops, florists, uh, little retail stores. If all of those companies 25 million-ish could be made better because of business coaching and just business awareness. 
the jobs that would be created, even if one of those companies basically or one, you know, each of those companies created a job over a couple of years, look at the jobs that would be created. And those would be kind of fun jobs, easier, not backbreaking for the most part. I mean, that's that's a solution, and we're right in the heart of that with small businesses. So but, you're so you've gone from asking the question about the start of this segment, Jack, in terms of politicians talking about creating jobs. To what going do they back, know? What do they know well, about but it? But you're going you're finishing up the segment here with with what we both know to be more true, which is the businesses creating the jobs, the ones who are creating value, adding value, and that's where the demand and, and these opportunities come from, from the folks who are delivering goods and products and services that people want, and there's a need and desire and demand for it. It isn't something magic coming out and waving a wand saying, I'm going to magically create jobs and spread fairy dust over the place. It's here. We're building a business to create demand and grow the business and therefore grow need for employment and jobs. So let's... Uh, Keep talking with us when we come back here after the break, Jack. We've got to hit our first break here. So stay tuned to hear more about creating jobs and how it gets done and why it shouldn't be a politician's job but really help from the small business owners. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are Maximum Value Partners, business coaches who help small business owners get unstuck from the state of Howe. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches. And honestly, we help owners of small businesses do things and and answer questions and frame questions that they never thought possible. So rather than give up, contact us. Honestly, we could have a good time. We're talking today's show about uh, how to create jobs and why politicians are the exact wrong people to do it and why the owners of small companies are the right people to be able to do it. And we'd love to hear your comments or thoughts or stories on this. We're here live in the studio as we are every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT, for those of you who like to use the uh, the letters on the digits there. And we'd love to hear from you, hear your stories, or have some comments for you. Give some success stories about, about creating jobs. We have lots of great stories about creating jobs and it may not always look that way at times because sometimes you need the purge to create new things because growth is the key to creating new jobs and creating new opportunities and many companies are stuck they're stuck spinning their wheels they're stuck bumping along where they you know they, they aren't growing and they've been there and they've been that way for years and you know one of our one of our favorite longer term clients always jokes with us about the fact he said hey he said, why don't you tell me on day one that all I needed to do was fire my entire staff and bring new people in? He said, well, we, you wouldn't have believed us if we told you that. And we didn't necessarily know that, that that was necessarily the case, but you discovered it pretty quickly. And he went from having six employees about four and a half years ago to now he's busting at the seams at about 20 and has grown grown quite a bit because he's had some good people, and only one of those original six is still there. It was the one that he was singing the praises of. The rest he was having issues with. And so he created lots of jobs, 
as part of that growth. And this is after probably a decade of kind of just bumping along, of being at a similar kind of size and level and, and being very frustrated with it. And he wasn't sure how to kind of break break through with it. It's something you mentioned in the first segment, Jack. It's, it's often tough when you're kind of in that same routine or rut or pattern of doing things. You don't know what to do to get out of it. And often the answer can be pretty simple. And so it may not be a simple, simple... Yeah, simple from an experience point of view. Right. You mentioned growth. It, it, the key is growth in profits. If you are making more money as a business owner, ultimately, and if you're passionate about your business and really care about your business, which most of you do, especially if you're, you're making good profits, you're going to hire people to to enhance the company's experience and, and, and its abilities. You'll be able to do that. Whereas the government, coming back to that, that's how we started this, how in the world can the government create jobs? What do they know better than a small business operator in Main Street, USA? They don't. They just don't. So why shouldn't the focus be on those companies? Those companies being maybe under $2 million in sales all the way down to a startup, but not a high-tech startup. You know, somebody wants to own a bakery. Somebody wants to start up something like that. Let them go. Let them do that. Don't don't have the government stick their nose in it so much. And eventually, if they do learn business and how to run a business successfully, they're going to have more profits, and with those profits, they're going to grow their company. And by growing their company, they're going to need more people. You know, the solution isn't difficult from our our angle. It just isn't. There's a lot of uh, academia thrown at this. There's a lot of government bureaucracy that that takes federal dollars and focuses mostly, it seems, on high-tech startups. The neglected 25 million small businesses is very aggravating to us because they should be getting those resources and they should be able to be let free to to kind of grow their company and and that action alone will create jobs. I'm trying to picture some of the founding fathers and the first folks who were in Congress or in Senate who were part-time, very part-time, and saw it as part of maybe their civic duty, but they were farmers and businessmen and and teachers and and just, again, they they were working and producing stuff and they spent a little bit of time helping to try to run the country, not to come create jobs. They were doing that in their private lives. I'm trying to picture them coming here today and looking around and saying, how did we get here? Oh, boy. How did we get here? And so the way I think they can help, Jack, is getting out of the way. That's right. And reducing regulations. You know, one of the early on things that, 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 that President Trump did, he talked about if any new laws came in, you had to take two off the books. I thought it was a great start. The idea of, okay, if we're going to add something, let's take two things away. And, you know, simple logic, you know, something I do with my with my, you know, daughter who's now 11 years old. She wants to get another stuffed animal. Okay, that's great. You can bring one in, but you got to take one back out, you know, <laughs> just to kind of keep the, keep the balance here. I mean, you know, you get to the point where there's so many, it just, you know, you, you can't enjoy them all. We can't enforce them all in terms of all these regulations and things that they kind of get in the way and make things so difficult. And they're often to the point where they're they're, they're benefiting a very, very tiny group of people. That's right. And it's a form of extortion, quite frankly. Yeah. You, know, you, you if you're on a roll here and your competitor or enemy really wants to get you, 
there's probably a law in the books to threaten to get you if you don't do this or that. So I love the idea of two laws going for everyone uh, coming on and just keep that going and you'll get it down to a manageable level and a, and a sensible level. There's just way too much, too much complexity. Well, so have we gone too far with that? Can the government get out of their own way? I was, I was talking about that in the first segment that the, the, the jobs they tend to create are these regulatory jobs. Where they're coming in and, 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 and trying to police this stuff. And to your point, how do they determine what to police? got 25 million small companies here i guarantee you if they if they put their 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 focus on any one of those 25 million they could find out something that that company is doing wrong some laws that's being broken something that's good and and perhaps and most likely not even at that owner's knowledge or awareness they probably weren't even aware that that law existed or that 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 it applied to them so it's so onerous but it's it, it's become so debilitating, and so to grow and create jobs, you know, you know, you're you're talking too much. I'm still trying to digest the idea of a world without without work. Well, be what kind of work would people do? People just aren't going to sit around. Some people will, but I think most folks want to do something. Well, they will. Does it have to be for money, or can it be for love, or you know, love of love of and passion of whatever it is they're doing? Hold on, hold on. We're the, this is the 50-year anniversary of the Summer of Love, Jack, right? Oh, yeah. So you're talking about like commune stuff. Is that you're talking about? No. We're living, the, <laughs> we're living some of the old days here, huh? That's right. We missed that, too. Oh, you're they in. tried those, but they didn't work. They didn't work because there was no regular money coming That's what I was going to say. If there was all, <laughs> all of a sudden their checks coming in, this has been going on for the last 50 years. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we have an overpopulation problem at that point. People are just hanging out and... No, I, mean, but you're, no you're, I can't. I can't. I, I find it hard to imagine a world without work. We all do because we tend to look at the future based on pretty much a version of today. And all we've known pretty much is work, except for the early beginnings of humankind. How did they survive? And they didn't have work and currency exchanges and all this good stuff. So there's answers, and I'm sure there's periods of history where we didn't have work other than work to survive. Well, if that's taken away, if you don't, you know, if you get the regular paycheck or a regular check in the mail from mining data, I guess some data is going to be worth more than others, and it's going to be pretty much an entertainment, uh, how to make the world better kind of world, if you will. So we each become our own individual promoters. Okay, I'm going to try to promote and make my data more worthwhile than your data. That's right. So will they pay me directly for that? I can get some... I don't yeah, know. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't read his book. Sound, yeah. It smacks of social and communism to me. And those, you know, every time you get a central government kind of program, it's going to be doomed. I'm not advocating that. I'm just uh, talking about this Google Futurist Ray, race. I can't remember his name. It's okay. But it's, it's a cool idea to replace out-of-work people. You know, you have unemployment insurance. You know, it, it's uh, just by its design, it, it makes you go back to work. Well, if, if I have a personal uh, personal trove of data here about my personal life, obviously Google is, is taking it. You know, if I go online, I, I'm going to find my name all over the place in places I, I would authorize and places I wouldn't authorize. Well, if they're paying me for that, okay. That I mean, that's 
That's that's just like paying for oil coming out of the ground, isn't it? Yeah, if you own the property, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think, and the, the words come to my mind. I don't have time to kind of delve into it. Yeah, we can come back to it at the top of the next segment, Jack. But it's, you know, the the clients we have, um, and it's true for many small business owners, and we have topics for future discussion of this as well in terms of how. Um, what a big driver of, of owners of companies is not necessarily the money. That's right. And, and many owners are, are, are you know, at the point where they've, they've built the business and they've been able to become independently wealthy where the, the money isn't that big deal. Or we've talked a lot, and you know, this is why I want to kind of delve into, delve into here a little bit on, on the flip side here, Jack, in terms of this awful dreaded word of retirement. Oh my God! Yeah, and you know, uh, most people think, well, you can't just get, you, you retire and you kind of just go right off in the sunset. You play golf, you do whatever you, you do as a retired person. Versus, wait a minute, if you've been so actively involved in creating stuff and making things happen and doing deals and 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 bringing people on board, just orchestrating that stuff, to go from having that great joy to not having it at all. Most folks go through withdrawal with that. And we have a great story of a, of a client we just we, we were just with uh, earlier this week. I'll, I'll share as part of that too. So, stay tuned. After the break, we'll kind of delve more into this in terms of what the future might look like without work and creating jobs. How that kind of looks as well. So, stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter, and I am Jack Mancini, living life without work. Now, I'm a partner and maximum value partners, along with my standing up partner over here, Adam Sonhalter. Uh, we've been doing this for 15 years, and we coach owners of small companies and love doing it. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I was wondering who said that. Yeah, a dramatic pause, Jack. There was. I agree. And I'm uh, Jack Mancini. And we're partners with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches, and we help owner Helps? Wait a minute. Helps? H-E-L-P-S. We help huh. owners of small businesses get unstuck from a state of how. And we do it real well, and we do it having fun. So I know you have questions about how to do this, how to do that about your business. We're the guys who you want to call like Ghostbusters. So our focus this evening so far has been how to create jobs and uh, why it's not the government's role to do that, but you as the owner of small companies to help kind of do that. And that isn't your focus day-to-day. Your focus is to grow your business. And a nice outcome of that is the creating of employment or jobs or, or work for other folks as well. We'd love to hear it from you if you'd like to join in the conversation. As always, we're here live Wednesdays from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. The phone number to get us here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. Mm-hmm. So as we're going to break, Jack, I was talking about something that one dreaded, we have many dreaded words, but you know, there's probably a top five or so that we've got that, that just, you know, Get our hair up, even though we don't have much hair, but you know how that works. But Let it grow out a little bit, and then we'll have more. This idea <laughs> of retirement. Oh. Okay? Terrible, and terrible word. It's it's funny. You know, much like we're on a, we're on a mission to, tr- to try to rid the business world of the term budget, I think 
financial planners might be on a mission to rid the world, world of the word retirement because you often will talk to financial planners and they start to talk about financial independence now instead of retirement. And I think they're starting to discover the reason being is the almighty dollar is not a big driver or is not as big of a driver or the sole driver that people think it is. And people who like to create and, and grow and do things constantly want to do that. And so um, we had the pleasure earlier this week, we, we, we had dinner with a with a, a former client of ours we coached for, for a couple of years. And we actually helped them sell their company uh, to another client of ours. And uh, they were selling it because they, they had grown it to a point where they'd reached the goal a lot faster than they'd planned. They, they kind of had a goal where they wanted to get the company. They got it there in about seven years. And they said, hey, you know, we've got some uh, some young grandkids and we want to kind of step back from this and, 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 and kind of be more full-time, you know, grandparents, almost, again, try to try to retire, right? Mm-hmm. And so over the course of uh, almost three-hour dinners, we're talking, getting caught up on different things. And uh, it was right towards the end. It was almost, almost like one of those Colombo things, right? Where, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, before we finished selling the prior company, we set up another LLC over here <laughs> and started doing something else. All of a sudden, they started to create another business, before they, Before they were enjoyed done, the fruits of the, the old one, one right? that they that was the driving <laughs> factor for them to do. So so I so I bring that up because that is not atypical at all. As a matter of fact, there it's it's more typical if you were to talk to an owner that they have multiple things going on. You might know them as an owner of company X, let's say, but chances are they probably have several other things going on that might be businesses that are just getting started up or have been around for a while or they got their hands in that they're involved in. A lot of things are kind of going on because when you're able to create and grow things, there's a certain, uh, yeah, I don't know if I call it an addiction or not, Jack. It's probably one of those, I'd call it more of a healthy addiction, but there's a certain um, excitement that comes from being able to be able to do that. And as long as you're mentally and physically capable of doing stuff, you want to you want to do it, and so the fact that you get money for it, or you, you know, if you're able to generate that's profit, a, a, an additional that's, blessing. Yeah, that's yeah. That, 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 that's great as well. But that that isn't the prime driver for this. And so, you know, as I'm continuing to, to ponder and, and digest your question about it, kind of that world without work, that's part of what people talk about the whole idea. Okay, what would you do if you were retired? Right, if you could do anything you want, what would you do? And we we're talking to my my now 14 year old boy who still wants to be a a, a pro athlete. My wife asked him, said, hey, if you only got paid a dollar to do that, would you still want to do that? Great question. Right? He didn't quite have an answer. So, yeah, I think so, right? He didn't quite have, he, he said, well, I don't know, don't know what, what, what else I would do. Because he spends a lot of time, you know, working out and, and, and practicing, you know, his different sports and that. But, you know, it's a great question for him to ponder at a young age. Hey, again, if, it's, if you only got paid a dollar for that, would you do it? Do, do you love doing it that much to where it's really, you know, you know, it's really a passion for you. They really enjoy you. You know, it's not just the bucks because if it's just the bucks, it runs out at some point. It can't be the sole motivator for it. It's very hollow, very shallow. And it's, and if you notice those kind of people, there usually aren't too many folks around them. Not too many people who are close to them because it's not a fun place to be. It really isn't. I'd probably start a business if I wasn't doing business coaching. And I'd probably start a business like Great Harvest Bread, who was one of the advertisers on the break. And they, they, they got it in my mind now. You know, they, they make these cheddar garlic hamburger buns. Wow. Wouldn't you like to be in a world like that? <laughs> I got to believe they're good. I got to believe they're good. So I'm going to, I don't want to do it. I'm going to get down there and 
I know, I would. I'd probably balloon up to be much bigger. And, but that's okay. I'm enjoying life. Well, part of the, part of the beauty of small business, again, I, I think, you know, I think that would, that would happen a lot, Jack. I think, you know, as we were uh, uh, touching on last week, this whole idea of buying a company, and you get folks like the Harvard Business Review and other suits and ties that literally scare the scare people, you know, away from trying to go do something like that. I think many folks get scared away from trying to launch a company or do something like that. So if all of a sudden the pressure was gone from having to, to earn a paycheck or to, to make a living on it, people would get involved and try stuff. They would try to get their own company, try to try to try to do what they've always kind of thought they maybe wanted to do. Maybe it's a hobby that they like to do and maybe maybe turn it into a small business, you know. But if that pressure was gone from that, I think people would feel free because that's people get tied into it. It's hard. Sometimes I got, again, I got a couple young kids, you know, 14 and 11 to try to help instill in them the idea of, Hey, you're going to be doing this work thing for a while, most likely. So you got to find something you enjoy because there's no point in being miserable. If you're going to be doing something for a good chunk of your waking hours, it's like, it's like uh, finding a, you know, a, a spouse who you, who you hate being around, right? But why would you, why would you do that? Yep, you wouldn't. Well, I was supposed to get married, Isn't so I got to pick one and kind of go. Like, wait a minute, that's that's well, insanity. Look how many people complain about their work and their job. It just it seems like seventy five percent of the workforce does. So here they're stuck. They're not stuck in a state of how, but maybe they are stuck. In yeah, a state how do of I get out of this? How, yeah. how do I how do I retire? How, how do I get enough money so I can kind of just walk away and tell everybody to go pound salt and kind of do my thing? And and many folks never get there. Yeah, and most. they become more bitter and upset, and it's just it's like, come on. And so I think it could be a, a fantastic outgrowth of that, Jack, in terms of having more companies being started. I think very similar to that would be more nonprofits that are being started. Mm-hmm. You know, people have, again, they have a tremendous passion for helping. That's part of this client that, that, that I was mentioning that, that we just had dinner with this week. You know, the, you know, one of the things she's very passionate about is helping out elderly folks. And you know, to be an advocate for them in terms, of especially folks who are kind of orphaned. That's what she's got. You know, she's she, she's getting into now. Yeah, no family, no no living or at least involved family. So she's very passionate. I mean, she's telling the story about about one of her clients, and you, you know, she's almost in tears as far as just you know telling the condition this person was in, and then just how she's fighting for it. And right. it's not <clears throat> it's not the money, folks. It's that's something that's deep in her in terms of how she's built, and how she's wired. And we all have some of those wirings that get buried and pushed down and pushed aside by having that need to get a paycheck and have that job. And the and, money, and the money's important. You're not, I know you're not trying to minimize that, but that's not the big driver ultimately. Uh, if you're in if you're in business and you have choices, basically you're going to have a business that you enjoy, and you're going to enjoy it first before you have the drive on for money. And automatically, they'll become a balance, you know, that everyone's trying to achieve. And that's how it works best. When you're doing something you like and you're making money on it, my God, I mean, that's, life doesn't get too much better, does it? Again, I'm I'm trying to live in this fantasy world you're doing for me, Jake. Don't pull me back into the reality yet. I'm trying to be out there. This, <laughs> this no work required world where people are free, I think the shackles would come off. So... Unlike a Social Security. No, no, no. So where you get a check for doing nothing. Just because you're getting older, you get a check. No, you're for saying the most for, part. For, the, for the dead. I, I'm saying, look, <clears throat> hold on. I'm saying 
Okay, so that, the, the, if that's possible, then why can't we take the shackles off today? I think where most people fall short is they underestimate just how good they are. And if they do make that jump into having their own company. No, wait, we got to, well, in order to get people free, basically we're saying everybody has a raw material. That's their personal data. Data, right. That's what they're selling. So once that mindset sort of takes over, uh, okay, everyone's going to get a paycheck. Unlike Social Security, you don't really have to do anything for that other than get old. Uh, that's not well, selling too much. That, that's you've had to work to get into it, but yeah, I mean, uh, you've, you've had yeah, to pay into uh, it. Kind of, kind of, sort of, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not the model I'm looking for. Right. The model I'm looking for is you're selling your personal data. That that thought is absolutely foreign. It's very difficult to get your head around it. You're selling your personal data to Google and Facebook. They just can't take it, and that's okay. It's like selling oil. It's like selling a house. It's like selling uh, uh, garlic uh, cheddar hamburger buns. It's like doing stuff like that. <clears throat> what makes your data valuable? Your interest, how it's going to be used. If it's if it's used as a big, big data, as they say, if it's if it's put in with hundreds of thousands, millions, maybe billions of other people, to determine trends that that uh, other, other companies that are still around that are selling their products, they're going to pay big bucks for this. And advertising, as we know, would still exist. So people who get this money, like the oil royalty payments in Alaska, would uh, be buying stuff. I mean, they're going to continue to buy stuff. And if they're so inclined, they could create their own businesses, from my viewpoint because they're going to be doing it, not so much because they need the money, but because they like doing it. Yeah, okay, well. <coughs> Excuse me. So, <laughs> I'm saying we don't need to wait for that time. I think people people need a little more confidence That's in their ability. That's for sure, I agree. Because, well, we talk about it, it can be challenging at times. People will get in their own way and overcomplicate things, as we often do with many things in our lives, whether it be relationships or, or other activities of business, it's, it's the case as well. Often things will get, over, will get way overcomplicated. And we keep things relatively simple, and part of what we do, you know, we try to help do that with, with our clients, Jack, you know that day-to-day, -day, in terms of helping them, help them make sense of business, the ways to be able to make money on purpose, because that's important to help drive the growth of the business and be able to drive employment which is where all this stuff you know kind of started and so i think okay could there be a world i mean i'm guessing you know here we are three quarters way through the show here. i'm finally digesting your big question about that whole world without world work. without work i'm still trying to get my arms around this whole data thing and how do i how do i market myself to make my data more valuable than yours i think a big part of it's going to be at your point about advertising it would be consumption-based stuff what am i consuming so if you're not consuming very much, you've got pretty boring, un uninteresting data, maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe that's what they want to know. Versus if I'm consuming a lot of stuff, and can I consume more? I guess if I... Well, do you remember... Well, of course you do. You remember rea reality TV when it first came out? The first couple of shows showed people walking around their house doing whatever they're doing. They, they weren't even interesting, for the most, from my perspective. But yet, millions of people were watching them. Just walk around their house, do nothing, just live like like we're living. 
How do you explain that? I still don't understand that. I mean, I still don't understand the draw, why why people would spend hours just watching total strangers do nothing spectacular. How do you explain that? It's well, a is well, it a form of entertainment? It is. is. It a, yeah, well, I mean, is it? Yeah, it is. Let's delve, uh, let's what, delve into okay. Let's delve into the big data reality TV when we get back here after the break, Jack. So stay tuned for a little more interesting discussion on reality TV and creating jobs and lots of other good stuff tonight. I'm Adam uh, Sunhalder. Okay, Adam Sunhalder. <laughs> I'm Jack Mancini, and we're gonna figure out this world without work and why people do some of the stuff they do. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio. WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. Hey, a little bit of Stevie Wonder going on here. Yeah, I'm Jack Mancini, and we are Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We are business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. Are you stuck? Are you stuck, Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. business owner? If you are, we can get you unstuck. That's right. You can reach us live here in the (laughs) studio every Wednesday at 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. Nine four six eight. If you have a how question, give us a call. Honestly, we could have fun with it. And so, the end result will be that you'll get an answer that you probably never thought, uh, an option that you never thought you could develop. So your latest how question, when we're going to break, Jack, is how come reality TV is so popular? And you're trying to make the analogy between that and big data. It's a version of the first step into what people's lives look like and what makes it interesting or what, you know, what we, how things kind of go on. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, you know, some real doofus basically being paid by, by uh, Facebook to farm their data, mine their data. You know, like the crops come in, they're going to mine these people. And when I say doofus, a rather uninteresting person. Uh, is able to sell that to Facebook because they'll on. put it hold into on, their... Hold on, What's, Is there a difference between a doofus and a goober? No, goobers and doofuses are pretty much in line with each other. I think a doofus would be more urban and a, a goober would be more rural. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. All right. Yeah. Those are, those, those are good terms to be able to use. So this would be a virtual version of reality TV of being able to kind of mine people's data, check things out. But yeah, the, the popularity of reality TV, I think, people relate to other people's lives, other people's stories. We see that. You know, that's part of what this show is about, Jack. We're, we're, we're sharing stories of folks that people don't even know, but they're, they're, it's resonating to them because they have similar types of experiences, similar type of feelings, similar type of challenges. So I think the reality part of that, I think people sense that. Now, how real is reality TV? I think maybe back in the day when it first started, it was perhaps more real, but not even then it wasn't real, right? You all said, hey, we're going to take 10 kids from all across the country, we're going to stick you in an apartment in New York City, right? How, well, how, that, how real is that? Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's one yeah, form. That's right. what it was evolving to. The early part was watching uh, Joe Jones and, and Sally Smith, you know, live together and walk around their apartment having cooking dinner here, watching on TV, them watching TV. You're thinking of the Truman Show. Well, I don't know I who it was, but I remember watching it briefly and yeah. saying, what the hell is right. this? No, that, was, that was a good movie, Jim Carrey movie. It was very... It was very uh, 
What's the word I'm looking for? It's making the point. Well, yeah, but it was 20 years ago. Like, I'm watching, who the heck would watch this, right? This is right before. Why, that's yeah. the point, yeah. So it was kind of ahead of its time a little bit, and I look back, I go, yeah, of course, people were watching him, and they were, but the thing was, they are all faking, like, they all knew he was on TV. He's the only person that didn't know he was on TV was him. Everybody else knew that they were, they were on TV, they're watching this guy, right? But So anyway, so there's value, I, even though I can't see it, but we know enough about marketing where you don't develop a market plan or assess a market based on my feelings or your feelings or assessment of it. It's, you know, the collective whole, millions, tens of millions of people like some of these little niche marketings and, or market segments that have value. You know, someone's going to basically be looking for it. When we tell somebody to profile the customer, what are we saying? Take the characteristics that make their customer what it is because I want to sell them my product. We're still going to, if they're, if the world without work there's still going to be work, but it's going to be mostly done by robots and automation. That's kind of what's going on. There's still going to be businesses. Main Street USA is still going to thrive, and people are going to be working, but not in the sense that they are now. They're going to be doing it more because they like it. I mean, I you know, I certainly don't have the answers, but uh, I've been thinking about this when I read about it uh, probably a couple of years ago. It's It's just fascinating. Because it's possible. Picture robots all over the place, Jack. Absolutely. Well, they are already now. In every every job, I was throwing off some of those categories earlier. An umpire, uh, um, a bartender, uh, you know, th- those kinds of jobs. Even financial planners. You know, robots, it's, it doesn't have to be a human form-looking robot. It's going to be automation that processes this stuff. We don't need the human factor there. We don't need the human factor to fix robots and program them. Robots can do that. Fix themselves. Yeah. And and it's hard to imagine that world today because we aren't part of it. And it seems so far-fetched because it is. All of mankind behind us, and it's going to be almost snuffed out with the whole new way of looking at the world. So you're almost making a case to kind of make humans useless at this point. Well, it's not my case. It's the way it's moving. But business coaches, I know, won't, we'll probably be the last ones to be obsolete. <laughs> last one standing, huh? That's right. <clears throat> well, there's a long way between here and there, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to to think futuristic because most people, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think they think this way. Many, it's many things we do for a lot of our clients too, is get them out of the their day to day routines, pick their heads up a little bit. It's it's very tempting to kind of. Stick your head in the sand and say, hey, it's not going to affect me or you know, it won't affect my business. But it might, and things happen now faster than they ever had. Windows open and, and shut. Opportunities you know, appear and disappear very quickly within weeks or months or years, not decades and centuries like it used to be. And so you got to be aware of a lot of this stuff. So where's it going? So what's it going to take for us to not give away our goods for free? That's basically what you're saying in terms right. of data. Right now we're all giving it away for free. And we're all linked and stuck to our little devices and just constantly giving it away. So what's it going to take to create that market? Probably, that uh, like, like usual, the government's going to stick their nose in it and be the traffic cop. It uh, therefore won't be nearly as efficient as it otherwise could. But something like that might be needed. And there'll be a, 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 a bank in effect. You know, if Google wants something, they have to... Uh, they they have to pay you, and how that payment is made, a payment into the royalty fund, and then checks distributed. I I don't know the mechanics of that, but it would be like the Alaska oil payments. 
Well, yeah, I'm trying to think how they would do that in terms of all they got to do is offer you a check, right? Hey, That's Jack, here's a check for your data. That's right? correct. Okay, so. Um, and it goes into the big uh, God knows where, uh, big data, you know, stomping ground, which will we'll take that information and couple it with other other pieces of data, make the analytical uh, process work for it to, you know, uh, segment markets, send data to various people who are looking for different correlations. But they need data. They they need data on people. And not just selected people. They could probably take almost everybody, the whole country, the whole world. Sure. There's there's all kinds of jobs being created there. We know we have a client involved in what the, the whole IoT world, right? The, the Internet of Things, where data can be pulled from all kinds of things, from this pen, from this paper, from this desk, from these microphones. There's there, there, there's there's energy and there's data that can be pulled from all this stuff to let you know what's kind of going on. So that data can can be pulled from everywhere, and you know, our clients work on a lot of you know basic products that are now becoming smart. You know, yes. if you'll use that term. And so when I say again, things are not probably not as far away as people might think in terms of hey, this is really futuristic and. Well, the Space Odyssey, what was that, 20? 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. Well, wait, 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 wait. We're 2017. Wait a minute. What huh. happened? That didn't happen. That's all right. Well, it's gone. It's <laughs> Well, maybe that will happen. I think they surpassed it. Maybe, they, maybe they're off by a couple of decades, but you know, they probably weren't, weren't too far off because those things are starting to happen faster and faster now to make this, you know, make this certainly a potential well, we're, reality. We're moving to a Star Trek world. Many, many ideas. I'm sure came from from that that series. It was just excellent, the futuristic thoughts, and I think a lot of the ideas that are are uh, being worked on and done today come from that. Certainly, you know the impossible. Only brains. You know your brain has ninety percent of all your feeling and experience and thoughts. Well, why do you need a body if the brain does all the processing? There was a great episode or two about just brains floating around in space and how efficient and how smart and robots doing all the work for them, all the hard labor because the brain can't lift and kind That's of a, interesting. That sounds like a discussion <laughs> for another show, Jack. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show about floating brains. But we do. This is a weird show today, but a good one. We want to we want to thank Weird you. Weird in the sense of what we talk. Well, you're That's welcome. Right. Oh, yeah. you want to thank somebody well, else. Thank you too, Jack. Yeah, we want to thank our <laughs> listeners though for uh, joining us in this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We invite you to tune in every Wednesday, 7:30 p.m. Eastern. If you have any questions beforehand, uh, shoot us an email, radio at maximumvp.com, or give us a call. We're not in the studio. You can get us at 877-849-0670. Again, 877-849 0670. Hey, if you as a small business owner have trouble answering your how questions, you got to give us a call. We'd love to talk to you and help you out. If you missed a part of this show or any of the, pr- the prior shows, you can listen to them anytime at your leisure. Go on to iTunes and get our podcasts over there or WINT Radio archive programs. Learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Adios, amigo. I see a little shot for